This is High School Not So Much a Musical, a podcast that takes you on a ride through the peaks and valleys of a high school journey. Here are your presenters, Nitin Jalodanki and Ayush Agarwal. Yeah, I can imagine how hard it would be for like students because I know like myself, even being in high school, it was still very hard online because it, just the level of focus and attention you're able to give to school isn't nearly as much and it's not it's also not as fun so um there definitely is a level to uh, there definitely is a huge benefit to in-person learning which is what we actually also talked about yesterday with the public speaker and how like the public speaking skills of students drastically increases with in-person learning you know they're able to participate easier uh they they just talk more in general and they 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 develop that their social aspects really really well so could you talk about some of the ways that you've kind of uh helped children and throughout your career in education kind of develop that social aspect develop their public speaking skills how like are there any activities that you do in class to help students kind of focus on public speaking etc and do you think this is an important issue that schools either teach or don't teach yeah excellent excellent question yes absolutely first and foremost public speaking is so important and kind of going hand in hand with that is self esteem and i remember and maybe you know depending upon your experiences in elementary i was kind of a shy kid sometimes i kind of thought oh if i open my mouth i'm going to sound weird you know and you know you got you know 20 or 35 other you know uh kids listening to you and that's one thing i teach the kids you know that we we always be respectful listeners and i tell them you know your opinion counts your voice is important and so one of the things i do to build up their self esteem is we do something called stretches and affirmations and it is probably the best 8 to 10 minutes i spend every day i have two cores i i i'm the core um english language arts teacher at fifth grade and my partner teaches the math and science and one of the things i do which i think helps them with their public speaking and their confidence is we all stand up and then i have them give themselves a hug and for the affirmation part they'll say things like you know i believe that i'm in perfect health from the top of my head to the soles of my feet I am smart, I have a kind heart, I am loved, I am needed, I am giving, I am unique, I am special, I am creative. You know, this sort of thing. And then what I'll do is I'll turn to one of the kids and say, "Okay guys, let's give each other a virtual, you know, high 10 in the air. What do you think we should send, you know, what type of positive message should we give to each other today?" And some of the kids will say, "You are awesome," or "You are loved," or "You are special." or you are smart and I'll say okay guys on 3 hot virtual high 10 in the air you know to each other um you are awesome 1 2 3 and then we do a virtual high 10 and then um with regards to the the speaking I always encourage them to use an i statement because sometimes you know people in normal conversations don't normally say you know why well, believe that you know such and such or I think that most of the time if you're to ask me you know um Mr. Belts um what color is that flower and i'd say orange well one of the things that we try to do in the classroom to develop the public speaking skills is to use an i statement saying i think or believe or i see um so you know i'll give you an example 
Uh, Jimmy, what color is the flower? Mr. Bells, I see that the flower appears to be orange. Okay, thank you, Jimmy. And then another thing we do is um, I have a daily quote that's uh, very inspirational. And um, I pick different ones from different cultures, everything from Martin Luther King to the Dalai Lama um, to Les Brown. And one of the things that Les Brown had shared was that you don't need to be great to get started, but you have to get started to become great. And so what I'll do is I'll have the kids copy the quote down. They'll uh, talk to each other. And that's another important part, public speaking. They gotta feel comfortable around their peers. So we do what we call an elbow partner. You know, whoever's sitting to your left or your right. What does a quote mean to you? And then the kids will speak up. I believe that the quote means that, you know, um, if you want to be successful in life, you've got to have a plan and got to believe in yourself and not allow negativity. Okay. You know, uh, thank you, Mary. And, uh, you know, we all applaud for, you know, I tell the kids, everybody say, thank you, Mary. Thank you, Mary. We give her a round of applause and then we move on. And I think that reaffirms that kids do have a voice and, um, you know, it's, it's kind of, um, it's really sad, you know, looking at the pandemic situation and seeing some of the high numbers of suicides and um, suicidal um, thoughts that, that even young kids have, you know, they feel that everything is so dismal. And what I and many, 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 many of my peers do is we're trying to make kids feel good about themselves in a genuine way and explore their, their hidden talents. And to know that their voice is important, that their voice does count, their opinion is important. So that they don't have, even some of the shyest kids, you know, they don't have to feel like they have to sit there and just kind of, you know, retreat into their shell. We want to bring them out. And so absolutely, public speaking is absolutely vital and important for raising confidence, self-esteem, and it reaffirms who they are as people. And you know, some people say, well, they're, they're kids. Yes, they're kids, but they're human beings too. They're, they're you know, uh, they have feelings, they have thoughts and dreams, they have fears, ambitions, just like we all do. And um, it's just really, really important to build up kids' self-esteem and know that, that they can do what they want to do. And I just, I can't stress that enough. Um, it's, it's, it's really um, an ongoing process. And I think the kids really enjoy, I noticed as the school year has gone on this year, some of the kids that normally would not participate normally will raise their hand. Mr. Belts, uh, I'd like to, you know, t comment on the quote. Okay, go for it. Cool. You know, and then we explore different um, opinions and vantage points. And somebody said it the best. Somebody said that we don't teach, we should not teach children what to think but rather how to think. And I, I think that's that's a pretty deep, pretty deep statement. And I, I really agree with that. So like you've talked about like all the great thing that's, sorry, all of the great things that's happened because like ever since you became a teacher, you know, you got to interact with great kids. You got to like have a big influence on their life because especially if you start music from a, you music and arts from a young age, it, it'll really be beneficial on your life. But I wanted to know like, why did you start teaching? Like what inspired you to like start teaching? Because obviously, you know, you, you've had great experiences because you became a teacher, but why did you want to become a teacher in the start? 
Well, I was doing property management at the time. My wife and I were living in the Bay Area. And what I had done is when I graduated from CSU Stanislaus with my Bachelor of Arts in Psychology, um, I had a, a few jobs. I was a um, classroom aide for um, uh, in a classroom that was set up at a boys' home. And then I went on and became a, a drug and alcohol abuse counselor at an inpatient hospital setting for a few years. And then we got into property management and I was getting really burned out. I mean, <laughs> there's only so many toilets you can plunge and so many walls you can paint when you're turning over apartments, right? When you're doing apartment maintenance. And I was just getting really burned out. And my wife said, you know what, hon? She said, you need to work with kids. So she called up National University uh, in San Jose. And kind of long story short, they got me, uh, I got enrolled in the program. And what I did was I quit my job uh, in property management and I was substitute teaching full time during the day. And then I believe it was two nights a week from six to 10, I would attend classes at National University. And I don't know if you're familiar with National University, but it's a very accelerated credentialing program. Normally it takes, I think about uh, two years, two to two and a half, three years through most uh, situations with credentialing programs, but this one was about a year. And um, I realized when I was substitute teaching, I said, yeah, this is where I need to be. Um, I give a lot of the credit to my mom. Uh, my mom was a very uh, loving person. She um, was a social worker. She um, would work in some of the really um, low socioeconomic portions of town and and help with the distribution of commodities you know the the free cheese and and milk and things like that and helping senior citizens and so i think what made me want to teach was that my mom instilled within me that you know helping people is the most important thing and that people count people matter and so i give my dear mom all the credit Yeah, that's great to hear, especially with like the importance of family being super, super important, uh, especially during like COVID. I think like everyone was able to bond with their family a lot more due to the increased free time. Everyone was at home, etc. Um, and speaking of family, you know, a lot of people also unfortunately did lose their loved ones during the pandemic um, due to COVID itself. Uh, and you yourself, similarly, have combated a disease, cancer, that takes the lives of millions annually. Uh, yeah. And not just once, but twice. So could you talk yeah. about that experience and how you were able to combat it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was interesting because uh, when I got my first diagnosis of prostate cancer it was uh early stage first uh it was um early stage one and that was back in fall of 2017 and so when i got the diagnosis after we had the biopsy uh you, you could have knocked me over with the feather i mean i'm like what what you know I, i'm i'm a relatively young person nobody in my family's had prostate cancer how is that possible and so after exploring a lot of options, 
we decided to go with um, radiation radiation therapy called CyberNike. And what it basically is, is it's about five one-hour radiation sessions. And, um, you know, my oncologist and my, you know, everybody around me seemed to feel, hey, you know, this is a good way to go. It's going to, you know, you're going to basically nuke your, your cancer and you'll be done with it. Well, yes and no. Um, it appeared to do a good job on eradicating the cancer. However, I fell within the 4% less than 4% that develop complications from cancer. And um, uh, I developed severe blood clots in both my legs from below my knees up to my hips. And um, uh, also um, uh, I had some scar tissue that um, was creating some issues for me. And uh, I almost died of renal failure. I almost passed away three different times. And by the grace of God, I'm still here. But it was a long, arduous process to get through that. And so then when it was all kind of said and done, or so I thought, by around September of 2018, post-radiation, post, you know, getting rid of the blood clots, I'd spent almost three weeks in the hospital, um, this, that, and the other. Um, then uh, everything seemed to be hunky-dory. And, you know, there's kind of this magic window. I shouldn't say magic window, but there's, there's kind of this rule of thumb that as long as your blood panels come back normal within a certain amount uh, that they measure uh, for five years, then after the fifth year, you, I'm sure you've heard of it too, you're considered quote unquote cancer free. Well, everything seemed to be fine up until about Christmas of 2000 and da, 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 uh, 2020. And just before Christmas, my, my numbers just like shot up. And kind of long story short, they realized that the cancer had returned. Well, um, they wanted to do another biopsy and uh, I'd almost died from uh, an infection from the first uh, biopsy. So kind of long story short, I said, no, I don't want to do that. And, and by the way, I encourage everybody, be your own advocate. Get two or three or four different um, medical opinions before you do anything. And what I did was I ended up getting a, a CT scan and they realized that this is kind of the cruel irony in the whole thing, that the cancer was gone from my prostate, but that as my uh, oncologist from Stanford said, it decided to relocate and it went into my lymph nodes in my pelvic area. And they said it's, um, uh, they can't cure it. Uh, they can't do surgery. Uh, that they basically put me on medication, uh, chemo, oral meds for the rest of my life. Okay, so that was a major setback. And keep in mind, the pandemic is going in full swing. And, um, you know, kids are, uh, I'm teaching half the kids online, half the kids in person. And then uh, the cancer came back and and uh, the chemotherapy kind of, you know, my body chemistry went cattywampus. And and by the grace of God, it's, it's all evened out now. But uh, it was just, it was just a hellacious journey. You know, and you think you got, you've, you've won the battle and then you get um, a recurrence of the cancer. But the good thing is they said that the medication, um, they're basically slowing it down. But I'm a firm believer in the power of, of God and healing power. And I know that uh, my cancer is healed. I have great faith in that. And um, I feel really great up until about <laughs> three weeks ago when... Um, 
my family um, got the Omicron, but fortunately it was nothing more than kind of like a moderate to, um, you know, head cold basically, but <clears throat> excuse me, um, I have to apologize. My voice is still a little bit recovering. There's still a little bit of fatigue, but um, yeah, you know, life goes on. And I share that with my kids too. I said, I'm a two-time cancer survivor. I'm still here. Life goes on. And um, so, yeah, the, the, the journey with being a cancer survivor has been really interesting. You know, I never thought in a million years, you know, it happens to somebody else. Somebody else gets it. Oh, man, I'm going to dodge this bullet. No, sometimes things happen. And as my brother-in-law says so well, he says, you know what, Rob? He says, everything happens for a reason. So what's, what's kind of interesting about the cancer diagnosis is that basically when I got the diagnosis, there were some things that I really wanted to do. And one of those was get back into filmmaking. I, uh, I had aspirations of being the next Steven Spielberg or George Lucas when I was a kid. And I got back into videography and I wrote my book and published it. And I use that as an example to the kids. And uh, I tell the kids too, I say, you know, I've survived cancer twice and, you know, I'm still here by the grace of God. And I, I showed them, you know, what my book looks like on Amazon. I said, you know what, guys, there's no difference between me and you. You know what the only difference is? I've been around longer. I just have more experience. I'm not any smarter or any better than you. I said, we're all smart and good people together. And what I can do, you can do it. And so I think in a lot of ways, the, can the cancer diagnosis has really helped me reevaluate re life. It's, it's bonded my, my marriage and my family relationships, things that used to really tick me off. I was able to come to peace with and forgive, you know, people that had said or done things to me in the past. And, um, it's, it's just been a kind of a wild ride, but I think ultimately this may sound really weird because nobody wants cancer and I certainly didn't, but all in all, I think there is a silver lining in the, in the cloud. Awesome. Yeah. So I think and that's like, yeah, go ahead, Ayush. No, no, you can go ahead. Okay, perfect. So, Mr. Belts, what we do for every single podcast is we like to ask our guest speaker to like kind of give the audience some tips, whatever it be. It can be sort of like an open floor to give the audience any advice that you have, give any commentary that you have. So it's an open floor for you to discuss whatever you would like. Oh, okay. Well, <clears throat> one of the things, thank you. And by the way, I really appreciate you guys. And, and this is, this is really a blast to do this. It's, it's, it's great. Um, and I certainly applaud you guys. I know you, you gentlemen are, are in high school and God bless you. You are our future. The one thing I want, I'd like to share to everybody is that we need to be our own hero. And what I mean by that is we need to believe in ourselves. We have our family, we have our friends uh, that love us and support us. But sometimes people get busy with that thing called life. And when life comes around, sometimes we don't always get that pat on the back or that encouragement that we need. And, and what I want to encourage everybody is be your own best friend. Don't be so hard on yourself. You know, everybody makes mistakes. And like in my classroom, you know, if I make a mistake, if I accidentally uh, call um, the, the student the, the wrong name, um, I say, okay, guys, say, nice try, Mr. Bells, nice try, and laugh it off. I, I think we all need to have more humor. 
I think we need to do the two things that uh, Jesus Christ taught us. Number one, love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, body, and spirit. And number two, love your neighbors, you love yourself. And in light of all the civil unrest and tensions and negativity in the air, we just need to be more kinder, more gentler, more encouraging, more patient with each other, and just love each other as God and Jesus taught us. That is so important. Uh, to love ourselves and to love others. I just can't stress that enough. And if we address those things, the world will be, a, I believe, a much better place. And so, you know, they, they say there's two types of people. There's head people and there's heart people. The head people are the ones that intellectualize everything, and that's certainly cool. And then there's people that come from the vantage point of being a heart person, where they're more focused on feelings, feelings of others, being compassionate and whatnot. And um, I definitely think that I'm a heart person. I think if we all had a little more heart, I think the world would be a lot happier, better place. And um, anyway, I just encourage everybody, be your own best friend, encourage others, you know, forgive what people might say or not say, let it go, realize that we all make mistakes, we're not all perfect, and just do the best you can one day at a time. Thank you so much for that, Mr. Belts, and thank you so much for taking your time to come on to the podcast. And thank you so much for our listeners for the listening to this episode of the podcast, and make sure you tune into future episodes where we will be talking with a child actor. We will also be talking to the world's strongest man, and we just have so much more to talk about. So thank you so much for tuning into this episode, and we'll see you next time. All right. Gentlemen, um, when will uh, this be posted, do you think? So that's our show for today. Now roll the credits. High School Not So Much a Musical is hosted by Ayush Agarwal, Nitin Jaladanki, and Rishi Sinha. Narration by Samhit Padala. Music from Louis Luang Relaxation Cafe, Tune Pocket, and Infraction. If you like the show, please recommend it to your friends and family. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.